Hello, and welcome to First the Thing, the beginning of a conversation. I'm Susie. And I'm Hadley. And welcome back to a special episode during our hiatus. We're here. Yeah, it's been so long since we've done this. We almost forgot how to do it. Yeah, oh my god. I'm like (laughs) nervous in a way that I haven't been since like our first time that we recorded. Yeah, this like kind of nerves and kind of just like uh, we've done this before. I, I, yeah. That's at least that's how I feel. I was excited. I really like doing these. So yeah. Even if there aren't that many people listening, whoever's listening, we do appreciate you. So we appreciate you a lot. Yeah. I have to stop twitching. I feel like I'm. I've noticed listening to old episodes, like all of the things that I do while I talk, and none of that has changed in the past three months. <laughs> so, well. It's a slow progress, but slow and steady. Mm-hmm. Maybe season like, two will be the time for us. Yes. It's, it's a continuous progress. Yeah. Um, so today's special episode is going to be on Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, y'all. Happy Valentine's Day. For all good Valentines and bad. Oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> um, I stole that. <laughs> I've never heard that before. Where is it from? It's a it's from a Jax Films video. Oh, okay. uh, he's a YouTuber, and he was doing like a Q and A or something with his, I think, then fiance, now wife, Aaron, and it was a Valentine's Day special, and she's like, "Happy Valentine's Day to all good Valentines and bad," and I think that is more relevant now in this current climate than it was like three years ago when they yes, recorded it. Yes, I very much agree. I don't know what Valentine's Day looks like for people. I wouldn't know because every Valentine's Day is the same for me. <laughs> it's just another day. I'm perpetually single, which is honestly okay with me. I've never felt like I've, I've never felt that left out like on Valentine's Day. I don't know. Yeah, Valentine's Day is the one day where like I don't really like it's the one holiday where i have no opinion on because it's like i've never had to celebrate it and like i don't feel any pressure from the day coming up it's just like in the past it used to be like a really exciting day because you would get candy from your classmates and you get those like cheap cards that you get from like walmart or something Mm -hmm. um and it was exciting and then when we went to high school they stopped doing that yeah although i don't know my family has this tradition where um my mom every year like on the morning of valentine's day would set out these plates full of candy for us and we'd oh, eat a bunch sweet. of candy at breakfast so i feel like i always look forward to that so i always i mean maybe not a physically healthy relationship with valentine's day but i always had like an emotionally healthy relationship with valentine's <laughs> like it's probably not good to eat that much candy in the morning but i was a kid so i think it's fine um <laughs> But, like, I never had, like, a negative feeling, like, or any kind of dread, like, oh, what am I going to do? Like, I'm all alone or whatever. I don't Mm -hmm. care. Yeah, there's just not many thoughts that have to do with Valentine's Day. I just always do it, like, as that one holiday. I mean, most holidays now, I don't know if this just, like, just shows how jaded I am as a person, But most holidays don't feel like a special day anymore. Like, my birthday doesn't feel special. Uh, Christmas doesn't feel special. Like, Halloween doesn't really feel special. It just feels like another day. And it's almost sad because of that reason. I know. I know. I feel like I do kind of miss the feeling of, like, when we were kids 
of like the magic of Christmas and stuff like that. I'm just like, <laughs> how is it here already? And like, I don't really feel any different. But yeah, Valentine's Day is definitely like that. Yeah, it's almost the same as like me going on vacation, but that's a different story <laughs> for a different day. <laughs> oh no. Do you have I'm existential just... crises on vacation? <laughs> no, I'm just old and jaded and nothing feels special anymore. <laughs> I get that, though. I feel like everyone feels like that when they get older. It's like partly because time feels like it goes by so fast that it doesn't Mm -hmm. feel like as much as a milestone or whatever or like a new thing every time you have a holiday because it's like, well, this just happened. Mm -hmm. I think I want to try and like make traditions and to set up something exciting about every holiday from now on. Um, even if it's just with friends or with family, just to kind of get that sense of anticipation and like... Mm -hmm the special day back like I don't need it to be magical so to say so to speak but just anything different that makes it not feel like just your average day Mm -hmm. yeah I do miss just events in general (laughs) welcome to pandemic living it's almost the pandemic anniversary should we make a a special episode I don't know if that's like that's gonna be hard for people march but i was thinking we are very close to i can't remember the exact date but we started our podcast in february of last year so we're oh my god yeah it's it is our anniversary anniversary i don't know if we're on the exact date that we first released like the first episode or not but it's not close first thing's almost a year old oh my goodness oh so proud oh my goodness we've been doing this for a year oh minus like two months or whatever it was yeah i forgot about that oh my god i know it's kind of crazy right that's insane oh all right what a year it's been it's been a crazy year and the fact that we've kind of just been doing this throughout this chaotic year like Mm -hmm. i think it says something honestly it's really helped me like especially in the summer when i was back at my family home and i felt like I was looking for jobs, but I didn't really know, like, what I was going to do. And um, it just really helped to have this to look forward to mm-hmm. and the research to to procrastinate. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, I got I actually have to do something, but I'm not going to do it. <laughs> yeah. I tried a lot harder in the summer, though, than I tried with this episode. So I'm sorry. I shouldn't yeah. say that right off the bat. That's not a good <laughs> way to start. But... <laughs> I put some thought into it, but I didn't do any research. <laughs> I mean, you're better than me. I just did a quick, like, Google search, and I was like, yes, I have some opinions on romantic comedy movies, and mm-hmm. we'll move on from there. So we're going to launch into it like we normally do, just, like, head first. Just, just jump right closed, into can't it. can't lose or whatever. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> I don't know. There is an expression. Actually, I don't know if it's an expression or if it's from a TV show or something, but it's, like, it's, like... Full hearts, clear eyes, can't lose or something like that. But then, like, people will reference it and say, like, head first, eyes closed, can't lose or something like that. Like, it'll be like, (laughs) or head first, like, I don't know. I can't think of anything else. I've never heard of that, but that's interesting. (laughs) Anyways, yeah, so today's topic is (laughs) rom-coms. Yay. I was looking back on our past episodes and I was like, how have we not talked about this before? I think we saved it. For this episode, because, uh, yeah, yeah, I think we, our first episode was uploaded, like, a week or two after Valentine's Day. Uh, so we were right. like, okay, we'll save we it for the next to. Valentine's Day. Yeah. And now it's Valentine's Day. And we actually are doing it this time. Yeah. a special episode. So, I mean, I feel like we sprinkled, like, 
discussions of rom-coms here and there yeah. but we've never had an episode solely focused on rom-coms it's pretty hard i feel like to have a pop culture conversation with me and have it not lead to rom-coms at one time or another <laughs> so i'm glad we're finally here though we're here and it's rom-com time so i just want to start off i guess this 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 discussion as i always like to with um a definition of what rom-coms are and so my miniature research session consisted of two articles one by glamour and one by wikipedia my best friend Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. so glamour's definition was like a movie or play that deals with love in a light humorous way and so they were like going through the history of rom-coms and saying like oh one of the best known um romantic writers was william shakespeare with his midsummer night's dream and i was like wow it goes Mm -hmm. all the way back but i guess yeah like how would you differentiate, like, a rom-com specifically from, like, a romance Yeah, story? that's a good question, because, yeah, my sister and I were talking about that, because, like, there are romantic movies with comedic elements, like, for mm-hmm. example, like, a lot of Jane Austen adaptations, like, Emma is a good example um, of, like, something that ha- has romance, and the main story is, like, a romance, but it's very comedic too, but you wouldn't call it a rom-com. I don't know if that's just because it's not modern or if there are other reasons, but I feel like to me, a rom-com often revolves around certain tropes. Like usually there's like a meet cute or something like that. Mm -hmm. And there's usually some sort of hate to love relationship between the protagonists. Um, And like, there's usually some sort of reunion or something at the end where like one of them realizes that they were wrong and they like rush to the airport or something like that i feel like it revolves around tropes i feel like you can just tell when it's a rom-com but there are a lot that could be considered rom-coms and there are other my sister and i were also saying um that there are sort of like friend rom-coms too Mm -hmm. like a movie like um like book smart or super bad or something like yeah. that is sort of a romantic comedy, but for the two friends, there's not really any romance. It's like friend love sort of. Yeah. Which is still like a type of relationship. And you can tell that like, especially in book smart, like you can tell that the two girls love each other very much just like as best friends. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, yeah, that is a good example. Like, cause I don't know. I was thinking, yeah, like more modern conceptions of rom-coms like i would like i like i said before uh for william shakespeare and midsummer night's dream like you wouldn't initially think of that as a rom-com per se mm-hmm. uh meeting our like modern ideas of it but it does it's a very comedic story that deals with like this the weird like love square that is going on yeah. between all the characters and yeah. so i was also thinking like because i realized as i was putting my sad sad list together um (laughs) uh that um i like to read a lot of like romance like contemporary romance novels and not like the weird ones that like the pocket books that you find at walmart but just like young adult or like kind of more i don't know how to explain it like there's a lot of them that are on the shelves at walmart um or like at uh, indigo and stuff that are not specifically like in the romance section but are just like listed under fiction they're like romantic but they're not romances yeah or they're not like erotic 
in any way or not not in any way um but <laughs> it's 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 hard to put the barrier or like the put the the yeah. lines on these things because there's no real yeah. true definition but like i was even thinking of like to all the boys i've loved before because that is considered a rom-com in my head when i see yeah. it in netflix film but i wouldn't call the book itself a romantic comedy book i would call it like a contemporary yeah. romance ya novel yeah that is the weird thing and yeah i feel like there are so many i don't know if it's an issue with maybe the term itself like i feel like there's sort of a negative connotation when you say rom-com it means that it's mm-hmm. like frothy and light and um yeah I don't know, like it doesn't really mean anything or whatever and so like i feel like there are a lot of movies and books that you could qualify as romantic comedies but because they're considered of higher quality or or more weighty or something or mm-hmm. more artsy then they don't fit into that category for people but i feel like that's not really fair you know yeah i mean from this definition it says uh a movie or play and then the wikipedia definition it was taking a dictionary definition of romantic comedy and it was saying that a romantic comedy is a funny movie play or television program about a love story that ends happily mm-hmm. and so like <laughs> It has a similar idea as the same as, like, the Glamour article definition did, but that one's more just, like, ideas of love in a light way. But yeah. I don't think all rom-coms even, like, obviously you have to have some kind of, like, angst or, um, like, what's the term? Like, a separating factor? Uh, uh, oh, yeah, some sort of obstacle? Is that what you mean? Yeah, an obstacle or a conflict. Um in order to like push the story forward and so not every story is specifically lightweight because you always have that rise and then the falling action and then the resolution mm-hmm. but like i guess some deal with it better than other or some deal with it like more lightly than others yeah it's weird i was just thinking actually it's interesting i feel like the like romantic books and movies and comedies are sort of intertwined in a way because when mm-hmm. you think of the de- the Shakespeare definition of a comedy it's like it always ends in a marriage I think is what they say it always ends with a wedding mm-hmm. which is really interesting because it's like so there is a romance always there yeah inside the comedy and I guess the the modern version of that would just be not necessarily a wedding but like just the two people getting together at the end kind of thing yeah and there are a lot of comedies with romance or like a relationship that forms that aren't considered rom-coms so that's interesting too i don't know yeah, there's there's a lot to think about within just the definition of rom-com itself because like when i think about rom-coms i always look at movies and i'm like is this actually a rom-com or like a lot of um people talk about like chick flicks mm-hmm. and how they're mostly meant for oh, more of such a issue with that term <laughs> i know <laughs> um but like does like for some people say like oh this is a chick flick and i'm like is it really like it's just a film in my mind maybe just because i'm a girl and i i am more of the target demographic than um other people are but yeah i don't know it bothers me okay to go on a slight side tangent because i hate the (laughs) the term chick flick Mm -hmm. it's not that it's labeled as something that's only for women because it's fine like there should be stuff that's just for women in a lot of ways i think Mm -hmm. but it's that there's a derogatory connotation (laughs) attached to it like oh it's a chick flick it's like not it doesn't mean anything or whatever or it's like not good or something somehow it's not worth watching 
That really bothers me. Anyway, that's sort of a side tangent, but a lot of rom-coms are called chick flicks, so they kind of go hand in hand, I guess. Yeah, so there's still, I guess there still is kind of a, not necessarily a derogatory connotation, but like, it's of lesser quality if it's a romantic comedy or even just Mm -hmm. a romance. Like, I guess you can bring up the whole genre of like Christmas movies, like Hallmark Christmas movies that come Mm -hmm. out. Mm -hmm. And those are could also be listed under rom-com but just because they're veiled over with the the christmas aspect of it they get put into their own category but i was thinking like oh a lot of the ones that i've watched are probably christmas related ones or the ones that i've watched people make commentaries about are christmas related ones because they're just so easy Mm -hmm. to pick apart because (laughs) i don't know why i'm laughing <laughs> just thinking about Christmas movies and how silly they are. Sorry, um, they're kind of they're fun to watch, but they're like so silly. Yeah, and I was I was also going to mention later on, but I guess we can bring it up now. How, like, of course I I recognize that maybe some of the like some rom coms are really really enjoyable and they have like really good plots and stuff, but other mm-hmm. ones like the m- more lesser produced christmas films or just like the lesser produced rom-coms in general like falling in love you and i and our roommates always used to joke about watching that i don't know if it counts as a rom-com because i don't know if it has a comedic aspect yeah. to it but is it's like one of com? those yeah is there any com there i don't know in that rom? i don't know i'm not gonna watch it to find out um so. what was i gonna say <laughs> sorry <laughs> it's okay i don't remember what the point was um like yeah. is it classified as a rom-com well, it's well, it's more just like oh, you know that they're lesser quality, but it doesn't mean that like I don't still enjoy watching it. Like especially in a high stress time during midterms mm-hmm. and exams and stuff. Like I said before, I'm reading or I'm listening to audiobooks of like more lighthearted romantic novels because I need that fluffiness. I need those like someone else's problems who aren't really problems because they just need something to yeah. uh, as a conflict and to push the story forward. I don't need like a heavy. Because I just finished uh, listening to the audiobook for Normal People, which uh, chronicles the relationship between uh, two high school and college students, Marianne mm-hmm. and Connell. And it's yeah, I like that um, series. Yeah, I, I read the book and I was like, oh, it's a bit more heavy. It's got like abuse, um, depression, and it was a lot heavier in content. And so now I'm listening to a book called Spoiler Alert, and it's just like about two people who write fan fiction who meet under uh, like under interesting circumstances and mm-hmm. I just gravitate towards that stuff more especially when I'm in high stress situations because yeah. I just need something to turn my brain off of like let me enjoy it for enjoying it like I understand that the maybe the quality isn't as high caliber as like a more I don't know serious topic novel or a serious topic like documentary or something but Mm -hmm. i still genuinely enjoy it for what it is yeah exactly something can be um kind of light content like not heavy um but still be good quality i feel like sometimes people think that if something is um comedic or not kind of quote-unquote serious in any way that it's Mm -hmm. that automatically makes it bad or like not worth watching unless it's just a distraction but Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of benefit and and stuff like that. If you en- we've talked about this before, but like if you enjoy it, then just enjoy it. <laughs> That's true. Uh, I don't know if you know about this, but you know about more the you know more about the Oscars than I do. But is there a specific category for comedy, or is it one that's like no. one of those that's like grouped into other ones? Yeah. So that's the thing. I've actually been. This is interesting. 
We're entering awards season, and everyone mm-hmm. knows who knows me that that is my favorite season. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, That's why I asked um, you. <laughs> we just um, heard about the Golden Globe and the SAG nominations. Um, but, yeah, I think the Oscar. I don't know when the Oscars are this year. Everything's pushed back. But, mm-hmm. yeah, there's no Oscar category for comedy. And rarely do we see comedy performances or movies get nominated and especially win at the mm-hmm. Oscars. Like the yeah. Golden Globes, I think it's really good that they have a comedy or musical category. And mm-hmm. I really think the Oscars should have that because just because something serious doesn't mean it's better. Yeah. Like really truly like I don't there are a lot of good movies obviously that win at the Oscars and that get nominated but then there are a lot of really good comedies that get completely overlooked by that mm-hmm. big institution because I don't know, comedy is considered, like, less important somehow. Yeah. But it's so... Oh, my God. Yeah, it really bothers me. Like, one thing that I found really interesting was when Melissa McCarthy got nominated for her performance in Bridesmaids. Yeah, I think about that all the time. And yeah, and I was like, this is the kind of... Because that was, like, a such a good comedic performance. Like, it was, like, a standout. Like, it was, <laughs> it was so good. And there are more... There's so many comedic performances like that. Like, I'm glad to see Catherine O'Hara getting nominations for Schitt's Creek because, I mean, her whole career, she's been so, so good at what she does. And I feel like Mm -hmm. just comedians don't get that same recognition a lot of times, so. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, even what you said before about the Golden Globes having a comedy or musical award, it's like, why do you have to pit these two almost, like, different types of categories into one group like it doesn't make sense to me or like i think the same thing will happen um at the oscar like as you can tell i'm not much of an award season buff at all like, i don't know anything about the awards but like I, i'll read some of the categories and i'll be like why are you putting these together into one group like they're clearly different genres they're completely different like groups mm-hmm. with their own themes and their own like breakdowns and theories of how they work and what makes them successful so why yeah. how can you even put them together into one group yeah and it's also really loose like some of the movies that were considered that have been considered comedies i'm like excuse me like i remember <laughs> i can't remember what it was jim carrey was nominated for i think he won a golden globe for something a while ago like in the early 2000s or the 90s and um it was considered a comedy but it was a serious movie i think it was man on the moon or something it was a biopic about this comedian but like it was very serious and it was like just because he was a comedian he was put in the comedy category and it was like it's kind of weird and even though they're two separate categories i feel like there's slightly a hierarchy where like the drama is taken slightly more seriously oh yeah of course i think at the emmys it's different i feel like there's a more comedy emphasis at the emmys but Mm mm-hmm but yeah, it it does bother me that um, the Oscars doesn't have a category for that. Or at least, even if they didn't have a category, if they could at least consider more c- comedy films. Like, there are so many good mm-hmm. comedy movies out there that are like, yeah. I was going to say, I don't know if I should save this for later. No, I'll just say just, it right now. Just say it now. <laughs> okay. I was watching, so this is like long-winded, but... So my sister and I started watching WandaVision, the Marvel mm, series. Yes. Which is interesting. I know nothing about the Avengers universe, so it's a little confusing, but it's interesting. <laughs> anyway, so so we're kind of, like, le- learning more about Paul Bettany now. Like, we've seen a couple mm. of his movies, but my sister was watching um, that video that he did 
that a bunch of actors do where like they go into depth in depth about all their different roles that they've had in their career. Yeah. Um, and he was talking about this one movie that he did called Wimbledon, which my sister and I have watched and it was not good. Don't. Oh, watch was it, it not? <laughs> but yeah, it's a rom-com with him and oh. Kirsten Dunst, which they're oh. both really good actors. And you'd think like they're both like very good looking people, mm-hmm. but there wasn't really that much chemistry, and also the script was really bad, and the story was very confusing. How um, old is this movie? It's from, like, the early 2000s. I think, like, 2004 or something like that. Okay. We just watched it because we thought it might be fun, but it was not good. <laughs> and part <sighs> of the reason why is that, I don't know, not all actors can do that kind of role. Like, mm-hmm. I was, I feel like people think that it's easy to do that kind of performance, but Paul Bettany was saying in his interview thing, like, it's actually really hard to be charming and kind of light and of that kind of tone for mm-hmm. that long. Yeah. So, and you could kind of tell, like, he wasn't very good at doing that kind of thing. And Kirsten Dunst was fine at it, but they were just not right for that kind of movie. It's not for everyone. And yeah. I feel like people don't realize that it's actually... It takes more skill and more of a certain kind of skill, I guess. Not more skill, but, like, a different type of skill than people think. You can't just do it just if you're, like, famous and pretty. Like, there has to be more to it than that. It's like everyone says, like, oh, um, everyone can act. It's like, yeah, but some people can act better than others. And some people can act in certain roles better than others. And so we praise people who have the versatility to be able to... um, act in a rom-com and then act like in a drama or Mm -hmm. like a horror thing and we like talk about the range that they have but Mm -hmm. also we have to look over and be like oh yeah some people are just meant for certain roles and some people aren't because yeah and also have that it's just really interesting because um i was listening to a seth rogan interview too and he was talking about i mean this is more comedies than rom-coms but it still applies Mm -hmm. um he was saying he actually finds the comedies that he does harder than the dramas. And, like, it, there's, it's, like, more challenging to him, sort of. I think that's what he said. Um, like, the dramas, like, aren't that interesting to him. For, like That's interesting. He doesn't really enjoy doing them in the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, and they never... But they never get recognized, you know what I mean? So... Yeah. Because he was talking about Jonah Hill and how he'd done all these comedies... And then the one, like the one time he does a drama, like he did Moneyball, um, mm-hmm. he got nominated for an Oscar, and he'd oh, done all yeah. these comedic performances before. And then the one time he does a drama, he gets nominated right away. And then he got nominated again for Wolf of Wall Street, but like mm-hmm. he was, it was more of a comedic performance that time. But anyway, it's just it's interesting because it's like it's not an easy thing. Like it's skilled, just like drama acting is. Yeah, anyone who's watched, like, the -the behind-the-scenes interview with a comedian, like, I've watched or listened to, like, a couple of them. A lot of them will say, like, how difficult it is to keep an audience entertained, specifically, like, in more of a uh, stand-up context. But, like, you're constantly pitching jokes, you're pitching ideas, you're writing out what doesn't work and writing in what does work. And it's really hard to keep an audience entertained for that period of time and i feel like that would also Mm -hmm. translate into kind of comedic or like romantically comedic movies and so even though they follow these specific tropes like there are reasons why we have like a hierarchy of good romantic films and bad romantic films because some Mm -hmm. people play it off and like maybe the script is better written 
than other ones. And, like, there often isn't a logic in rom-coms anyways. Like, some things just don't make sense or mm-hmm. people just put stuff in for plot. But just there is still, like, a spectrum of what's good and what's bad, obviously. Yeah, that kind of segues into something that I was thinking about that I made a note about, which is that I've realized in the rom-coms that I've really enjoyed, um, the script is really important to me. Like, it's not enough to me to just see beautiful, charming celebrities on screen. Yeah, I would actually say that I would prefer not to have beautiful celebrities, but we'll have that. We'll okay. Just put a pin in that. Okay. <laughs> okay, we'll come back to that. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I I wrote down that I feel like I like a 50-50 or even a 60-40 calm to rom ratio. Like, it's really <laughs> important to me that to get the comedy right. Like, those are the ones that I really enjoy. And I'll mm-hmm. give a few examples. So I really like When Harry Met Sally because it's I, such a clever good script uh and it's like so sweet it's just very well written and you can see that i mean it's also good performances but like the the script is really really good um and i really like crazy stupid love too and easy a and Notting hill and they're all sort of like witty comedies sort of thing yeah like there's something that they're kind of they're not making fun of of the genre but they're like Mm -hmm. i don't know just being witty and yeah it's almost like they have their own personality and it's like as if the uh, as if their film was a person like they're being themselves they're not trying too hard Mm -hmm. it you can naturally tell like that the actors and their performances work well with like the tone of the script almost and so everything works well cohesively to bring together this like very quirky or this like specific element of the romantic relationship that also pairs up with the tone of the jokes that they're playing with as well. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I know what you mean. Like, it, it definitely works a lot better in these films than maybe other ones. Yeah. Yeah. So I I made some notes on what I think are the things that people get wrong when, they, when they're making rom-coms. In mm-hmm. my view, anyway. So the one thing is, I mean, I kind of hinted at that before, but... When they try too hard to kind of poke fun at the tropes of mm-hmm. rom-coms and stuff like that, often when they get too self-aware, it becomes just annoying and it's like a wink-wink all the time. And I feel like mm-hmm. that is kind of what I dislike about a lot of Marvel movies too, is like they're like, oh, get it? Because he's the strongest man in the world or whatever. Like there's always like a little wink to the camera and it becomes mm-hmm. really not fun anymore because they're doing it all the time. Like it doesn't become, it becomes not a special thing anymore. Um I feel like rom-coms, a lot of new ones especially, tend to be like, oh, this is one that pokes fun at the genre. It's like, why does it have mm-hmm. to poke fun at the genre? Why isn't it just good in the genre that it's in? Yeah, um, that's true. And another one is when they try really hard to stuff as many celebrities or just as big names <laughs> as possible into one of those movies and just expect everything else to work out and they don't yeah. actually write a good story or a good script. And this happens in most rom-coms that I've seen. Um, But, like, there are a few exceptions, I guess. Like, I like Love Actually a lot, and that is one Mm -hmm. of those ensemble casts with, like, a lot of really famous people. And what's another one? There's another one that I'm thinking of. Okay, actually, really, (laughs) this is maybe on the edge, but I really like The Holiday, which is... Yes, I was just (laughs) thinking... I know, it's kind of like, 
it's kind of silly and stuff and it, it very much is I don't know, Nancy Myers is is pretty frothy, I guess, but it's still it's fun to watch. And Wait, that Kate one's Winston the... and Jack Black are yeah, really fun yeah. together. Yeah. Okay. I really I was just making sure that I was thinking about that. <laughs> yeah. I love it when they do unexpected pairings and it works out. But that movie's never making fun of itself. It just is what it is and it's it's good as what it is. Yeah, like, what what separates that film from something like Valentine's Day or New Year's Day is that they focus solely on the life of these four people specifically and Mm -hmm. these two main, like, romances. Like, in Love Actually, what do we have? Like, the president, um, Severus Snape, and (laughs) Emma Thompson. Yeah. um, Colin Firth. uh, Colin Firth and his woman... I don't the know her Colin, name. the guy who goes to the States to find love. <laughs> to your oh, own. yeah. Um, so there's, like, at least four or five storylines going through the entire film. I feel mm-hmm. like they cover it, a, like, better than it other films have. It intertwines well at the end. I yeah. Think. They intertwine well. They tell the, they pace the story really well throughout the entire film, and then mm-hmm. they intertwine them really well at the end, mm-hmm. which I think is really, really good. Like, there's there was never a time as I was watching it, there was a moment where I was like, oh, this was too rushed, or it felt like they had plot holes in some story. Like, they mm-hmm. they knew what they were telling when they were writing the story. Yeah, and it never felt forced, too. Like, at the end, when most of the characters were kind of in the same place, it didn't feel like, oh, they kind of pushed them all together. Like, it just felt more natural. Yeah. Um, I mean, to be fair, I've never watched, like, Valentine's Day or yeah New Year's Day, but fr- watching yeah. a film like... Uh, he's not he's just not that into you it was kind of another one of those films where you see these like a or maybe were they considered b-list actors at the time or some of them were a-list actors yeah um but it was another one of those ones where they tried to replicate like what love actually did and accomplished it seems like but it was more just a ploy of we like writing intertwined storylines. This mm-hmm. is how we're going to tell the story. And so yeah. they didn't think too hard about the logistics and like the the aura of how it actually would come yeah. out. I think it's also, I feel like the people who make this, they're just like, oh, it'll look really good in the trailer when we can say like Julia Roberts, Tom Hanks, Emma yeah. Thompson. I'm thinking All of the only names. older actors now. <laughs> I can't think of anyone new. But you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, Taylor Swift and Taylor Lautner. Off. Yeah, I've actually never watched that movie, and I don't think that I ever will. For some reason, I've seen New Year's Eve, but I haven't seen Valentine's Day. <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> New Year's Eve was really atrocious, though. Like, it, I think it may have been worse. I mean, I don't know oh. what Valentine's Day is like, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it was just not yeah. good. It was, yeah, they were completely relying on the star power, and there's some really cardboard performances in there. Like, it's mm. not enough to just be famous and have a famous face like you have to give it more than that yeah segueing into the point that i was making before Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the point um, that we put a pin in earlier right yes taking the pin out and letting it fall um (laughs) i don't know i'm just doing a gesture of taking a pin out what does that expression mean like when it when you unpin it what happens does it unravel or like does it fall like what is the pin that you know what i mean i think it's just like putting a marker in it so that we come back to the conversation or like maybe if it's on a map i don't know what the logistic is okay but um (laughs) I wanted to talk about this in a different podcast episode, and maybe we can expand on it more. But I really like those old, ni- like, 80, 90s Hollywood rom-coms mm-hmm. and, like, the British rom-coms. Because yes. to me, they don't focus too much on, like, having these chiseled, like, 
hairless looking men who were like the stars of like the, the guy from A Christmas Prince. Like he, people always joke about how he has like <laughs> such a, a bland performance. Chiseled, chiseled and hairless. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look at him. Um, but no offense to him. But like, what I like about when Harry met Sally is that you have. I don't know what the female actress's name is, but I know Meg that Ryan. Billy Crystal. Yes, sorry, Meg Ryan. Um, I love like her voice in Anastasia. But anyways, oh my um, god, I always forget that that's her. Yeah, so yeah. like, you have someone like Meg Ryan and Billy Crystal of all people to play yeah. opposite of uh Meg Ryan, and like no offense to Billy Crystal, but he's not the image of like a rom com protagonist that you would see yeah. in no. like the two thousand tens. And the same thing, it's, like, with, um, no offense to Colin Firth, but, like, he's not at the same level of, like, these kind of Hollywood-bred, chiseled, Mm -hmm. hairless, like, built men. It's such a different image that it almost feels like it's more realistic and relatable. And I think Mm -hmm. the British rom-coms and British stories have, like, focused less on, um, the the looks that someone has and mm-hmm. kind of focuses more on the story and the acting capabilities of the actors. Maybe that's just why I enjoy yeah. British films a lot more recently. Um, but I really appreciate the old rom-coms, like even with uh, Notting Hill, and, like Julie Roberts is a lovely person. And like, I was going to say John Cusack. Um, Hugh Grant? <laughs> Hugh Grant, yes. Oh my God, I'm forgetting everyone's name. <laughs> but okay, uh, Hugh Grant, you. like, like they're not who you would see at the front line of a rom-com nowadays but like julia roberts was like the headliner of all of the the films back mm-hmm. in the late 90s and mm-hmm. early 2000s and you just don't see those kinds of rom-coms anymore because they focus so much on just the visuals itself and maybe it was it also helped at the time that the video quality wasn't as 4k as it was nowadays but i feel like if you were to look at the pores of these people's faces in such 4K definition, yeah. like, we focus so much on the visual quality of it that you have to also meet people who, like, like meet the definition of perfection to star in these films. Mm-hmm. So I just... It makes me uncomfortable because it makes me feel like it's a story that I can't self-insert myself into if I wanted to yeah. kind of situation. And so when yeah. I see more like of, like, the British... Uh, stories or the older 90s stories it makes it feel more of like a relatable situation although I've never get myself into those situations in the first place there (laughs) there is just a level of relatability that you can't get with kind of the stories or like the films that are shown now yeah no I think you're right I think the closest um I've seen to that kind of thing more recently was that movie long shot with Seth Rogen and Charlize Mm -hmm. Theron yeah, I watched semi recently, and I actually liked it more than I thought. I'm not always the biggest fan of Seth Rogen's movies, mm-hmm. um, but I thought it was pretty good. And yeah. you think at the beginning, you're like, "This is ridiculous that they would ever get together." Like Char- Charlize Theron, Theron is like, like goddess like, and mm-hmm. <laughs> and Seth Praise Rogen her. is kind of a frumpy bearded man, <laughs> but it actually works really well, and it doesn't feel like. Um she's too good for him necessarily i don't know it just mm. it works really well and it feels it's definitely not the chiseled hairless look so I yeah i mean i think it also comes into question the whole um you have to have the woman who looks perfect and looks like a goddess but then the guy who doesn't uh, yeah. look as good i was gonna say but that that's a different story the standards <laughs> are definitely different, different for women yeah so that i have like a maybe a bit of an issue with but for that movie 
I thought it actually worked. Yeah. And I, and think, I think... Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Well, yeah, just, like, in a similar idea, there's, like, the Jack Black, um, uh, Kate Winslet dynamic in mm-hmm. uh, The Holiday. Like, that dynamic was really good, and I really liked it. But when I first saw them on screen, I was like, they're... Are they going to get together? Oh, okay. And then, like, as you kind of get to know their relationship together, you're like, oh, yeah, they're perfect for each other. Like, it yeah. works really, really well. Yeah. But I think we've just been so conditioned with the kinds of people that we see in these films that it's bad. It, it's I'm not saying the films are bad themselves, but just, like, it's awful that we are, we're conditioned in this way to think yeah. that, like, these people can never be together because they're not in each other's league. Yeah, and especially when we, we take the visual look of someone on top of anything else we take it as a higher priority than actual substance (laughs) which is a real shame yeah but yeah you're yeah there is like a male female imbalance but that is a whole other conversation that's a conversation for a different day do you have any final thoughts to say about rom-coms and valentine's day um, I don't know. I feel like, I mean, I'll probably think of other stuff later, but I don't want to go on forever. Um, I just think that rom-coms are something that you shouldn't feel bad about watching. There are a lot of good mm-hmm. ones out there. If anyone <laughs> listening to this wants more recommendations, let me know. I have a whole list on Letterboxd of my favorite rom-coms. <laughs> um, yeah, and enjoy your Valentine's Day watching these or not watching these or whatever you're doing, just as long as you're not going anywhere and seeing people without a mask on. Yeah, and if you have the opportunity to, definitely cash in on that free chocolate that comes out the day after. Oh, not free, but definitely. like half-off chocolate that comes off afterwards. Or if you're not yes. a fan of chocolate, I guess sugar candy. There I don't know. They, they have some, out there. Yeah, they have some interesting like themed holiday things or maybe just buy yourself some valentine's day cards that go on sale like love yourself yes i agree (laughs) and that was our special episode yeah thanks for joining us fun and i hope you guys have a lovely rest of your day and we'll see you next time bye